senior NBA writer from NBA.com, joining us on the program, Steve Ashburner. Let's get right there. Let's start the show out. I don't know if Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck weighed out all the uh, the, the cons considering the Italian uh, backlash that we've gotten here in the state of Utah over the past 24 hours. Steve, thanks for being with us. Uh, your reaction to what the Jazz did for moves? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't. I didn't realize the uh, the overseas popularity, I guess, of uh, <laughs> Simone. But um, uh, you know, they they they, they certainly you know adopted uh, adopted him apparently, and uh, in lieu of others that they could focus their attention on. So you know uh, that that's fine. I you know I guess um, not real wowed by what Utah did. I think the 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 deal with Toronto to me the most the biggest question I have is. You know, Kelly Olynyk um, doesn't seem to fit a uh, rebuilding timeline that that Toronto would seem to be uh, embarking on. I mean, he's a little bit long in the tooth for that. So I'm a little bit surprised by that part of it. Um, otherwise, I don't think that that's a deal that sends too many shockwaves through uh, through the league, particularly today. Certainly not. But what the Jazz did get out of it was a first-round pick, and it seems to be that, that that's yeah. something that uh, – Teams around the league really hold in high esteem, and the Jazz were able to get one. Well, and it's with a team that, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people are having a hard time, myself included, trying to figure out what exactly Toronto is doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they're giving away first-round picks, well, that suggests, uh, you know, a, a makeover on the fly. And yet when they're swapping out, you know, legitimate players like O.G. Ananobi and, and Pascal Siakam, then it's sort of like, well, that that seems more like a, a step back before you go forward. So, no, I think that's I think that's a valuable piece for the for the Jazz. I agree with you. Lots of guys who were in Jazz uniforms at some point were part of kind of a lot of these big trades. Gordon Hayward going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, maybe that maybe one that I think that everybody saw that went, oh boy, the Knicks are making a move. But picking up Boyan Bogdanovich and that corner absolute lethal three that he's got. And also Alec Burks in that one. That was that's a huge move for the Knicks, who are having one of their best seasons in a long, long time. They're hoping to contend right now. I think the Knicks are the winners of the day. You know, until we see something play out that maybe uh, we're not projecting, and, and a player who got traded, um, you know, really takes off. I think the Knicks, on paper, by you know, both those guys are, are 20, 20 point scorers when needed, um, veteran presence, uh, the kind of players that if Detroit had managed to get any traction this season would have been, I think, valuable to that, that operation. Uh, Detroit made a lot of moves uh, today, but I'm not sure that they, they got better at all, either, either immediately or, or short term. So uh, it seemed like they could have gotten more for uh, Burks or Bogdanovich um, than they got today by putting them in one package and, you know, hand delivering them to the Knicks. You know, Steve, for the past couple decades, the Knicks have kind of been a laughing stock in the league, and, and they, they were yeah. known for terrible personnel decisions. Suddenly, they've been very shrewd and smart, and they built themselves something really nice there. And now you look at them as a team that could push in the East to make the finals. What is your impression or what are your thoughts on kind of this turnaround with the Knicks as far as, you know, management and how they run things and where they currently stand? Well, what I really like about it is, you know, they didn't do things in a typical sort of New York wannabe way, which which meant, you know, what you heard about them was that they were acquiring quantity over quality, and then they would trade, you know, four or five guys to get 
one big star because that's what you have to have in New York, right? You have to have that marquee name. And I was glad to see that that's not how they've done that. They did use assets like Barrett and Quickly and, and Grimes, but um, it wasn't just, you know, putting everything in, in uh, you know, on the shoulders of, of one name player. Um, you know, these pieces that they've picked up and an OB, you know, fits in perfectly with that team. And, you know, we just talked about Bogdanovich and uh, Burks. Um, I, I think that they have they've sort of raised their their um, ceiling and, you know, they found their star in, in Jalen Brunson. Um, they picked him up, you know, relatively easily off the uh, Dallas Mavericks roster. And, you know, that has worked out where they haven't had to then turn around and, and overpay for, you know, a, a so-called, you know, proven star. And I, I'm a Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau guy. Um, I just think that he is uh, – nobody outworks him. He's committed defensively. Uh, he works with the offensive players and, and potential that they have. And um, I just I just think that uh, Thibodeau is a, a big reason why this Nets team of glorified role players is, is sort of maxing out. Uh, with Gordon Hayward going to the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course the Thunder are – a team that has been absolutely outshining what expectations were were thought of them. We knew they were getting good, but SGA is phenomenal. Chet Holmgren has turned into already a very, very valuable piece for that team. Uh, They acquire Gordon Hayward. How long is it going to take for this team to really get to the mountaintop here? Is it something that maybe is a a next-year type deal? Because, you know, Gordon Hayward, obviously his injury is not necessarily going to make him a, a huge part of what this team is doing, at least in the very, very short term. Right, you know, but he's, I mean, he's still got some game left in him. He's 33 now, you know, he's got mileage in the injuries that have always sort of undercut um, what he could do for his teams. But I just think his presence, um, good shooter, probably as good a shooter as they'll they'll have on that roster at this point. And, um, you know, he comes in, he might get minutes that, that have been going to Josh Giddy. Um, you know, I, I think if as long as he's healthy and even if he is, you know, dealing with some injuries as a presence, as a veteran uh, guy who knows the league for a team that, that still is, you know, awfully young. I think OKC is are they the first or second youngest team in the league still, even yeah. though they're, you know, achieving some victories. Um, I think that's that's huge for them. And, uh, no, you mentioned the other guys. I mean, SGA and, and uh, Chet Holmgren and, and then the Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to append that to his name all the time to make sure that we know who we're talking about. But, now, unfortunately, um, uh, fans around here know all too well about how good Jalen Williams is. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Hayward is, is you know, uh, as long as he's not a, you know, out of sight, out of mind, injured for six months kind of guy, I think he helps that team, you know, on and off. Another name that got moved, uh, Buddy Heald um, from the Pacers, the Sixers. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that move for the Sixers? Well, for the Sixers, I think it's a good thing. I mean, you know, they're rolling the dice. They're sort of up against it. They have to capitalize on on their position at this point this season and with uh joel Embiid, you know sidelined for some some period of time um if not you know if not a horrific period of time i think that they're you know they're doing what they can um you know the reason he got traded was because he declined a salary extension offer over the summer and indiana thought that they were being awfully uh generous in that offer and when Heald didn't take it well, they're looking at now and saying, well, what are we going to do? We're going to have to bid against ourselves or we're going to have to go up in the summer when, when things, um, you know, maybe get really crazy. And so it seemed like they'd been shopping him for a while. Um, they made some moves. They, what they got for him, they essentially, 
you know, kicked to the curb, um, was it Korkmaz and, and uh, um, uh, who else came over in that deal? But they, they, they cut guys when they got them today. And really, they'll end up with Doug McDermott for Buddy Heald. And yeah. obviously, I prefer Buddy Heald as a player, but the contract situation, you know, uh, spoke loud and clear. Yeah, Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round picks in that deal. You're right. Yep. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is just sometimes the biggest trade deadline deals are the ones that don't happen. Uh, you look at the Lakers <laughs> not doing anything. DeJounte Murray's still with Atlanta. Uh, what what was your take on some of the deals that didn't happen today, and who had a chance to help themselves today but didn't? Well, I work out of Chicago, and the idea that the Chicago Bulls did nothing yeah. with <laughs> um, Zach Levine, um, you know, Andre Drummond, Alex Caruso, and they're headed nowhere. So, I mean, it's it boggles my mind that, that Chicago would be inert, um, not committing one way or the other. I mean, you know, the, they aren't going to go anywhere. If they snag a playing spot, you know, their claim to fame last season was, well, we're the team that pushed Miami almost to the brink of elimination in a play, like play-in game. And then the Heat went on to the finals. So somehow the Bulls took that as a, you know, a, a kudo for themselves. But, no, it's it's really silly. I, I said to a friend of mine today, you know how they booed Jerry Krause's widow? Uh, several weeks ago um, during the Ring of Honor ceremony. I think some Bulls fans right now want to make the current GM's wife a widow uh, based on how badly this team is being run right now. (laughs) What's the deal there? I mean, we we all grew up with the Bulls of the 90s and Michael Jordan. You know how how everybody here feels about that that era of Bulls basketball, keeping the Jazz from winning titles. Why is that franchise struggling so badly? I think it's I think it's top down. I think it's yeah. uh, the upper management and ownership of this team uh, doesn't feel an urgency. Um, you know, the owner of the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf, also owns the White Sox, and it's not like um, the White Sox are doing anything special either. But I think baseball is his first love. Um, they're very uh, reluctant to um, make big money moves. I mean, the, the Zach Levine move um, may not have been to ownership's liking, but they made it anyway probably spent that maximum contract on the wrong guy. Uh, and, and, you know, also, and this is normally a good thing, um, ownership is incredibly patient with management, good or bad. And these days it's bad. They were, they were patient to a fault with um, John Paxson and Gar Foreman prior to this, and they're awfully patient now with uh, Arturus, Arturus uh, Kornisovas and, uh, and um, oh, Mark um, Everly. And it's just, it's, to me, it's a slap in the face to a Chicago fans. I grew up in this town, and, uh, you know, I was a Bulls fan pre-Jordan, and it's just it makes no sense to me that uh, they expect people to keep showing up paying, paying the prices. Steve Ashburner, senior writer for NBA.com, joining us here on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Uh, Steve, before we let you go here, help Jazz fans yeah. understand what kind of front office they have and – I think that people look at Danny Ainge and just assume he's the guy who wheels and deals and makes these insane, uh, you know, he, you know, he's known for the crazy deals, the big ones, right? But these deals that were made today, I mean, this is a guy and Justin Zanuck, also the GM, who are extremely bright in, in, in trying to figure out the best roster situation. But with a really, really young coach, with some really good kind of centerpieces to this team, how do you get a superstar to Utah? Well, you've got to trade them or you've got to draft. You trade for them or you've got to draft them. 
I mean, it's not going to be a free agency thing. So one of the one of the legs of the three-legged stool of team building is gone for teams like Utah, um, you know, Milwaukee generally until you actually have a you know proven uh, system. Even now, I mean, I don't think they're a big free agent destination. Detroit, um, Minnesota. I worked for years uh, covering the Timberwolves. Same thing. You just don't have the same uh, opportunities to lure those big names just just with cash. Um, and so, you know, it, it does make it more important, you know, for teams like that to be mindful of payroll, not to, you know, go into the tax um, level of, uh, of uh, payroll. And, you know, I just think, I think, I don't know, I like Danny Ainge. I think he's clever. I think he's, um, uh, you know, properly cautious. Um, he seems to have done, you know, some good moves in the past. I mean, uh, you know, Laurie Markkinen is, is a great piece uh, that, you know, Chicago, we just talked about them. They kicked that guy, you know, off to the side. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I, I think that, um, I think the management is there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding the right mix. I mean, I thought John Collins was a good pickup. So um, it's just sort of getting it all to uh, coalesce, um, I would say. And I think people are generally happy with Will Hardy, aren't they? Seems yes. like one of the bright young minds. Absolutely. So um, it's just, you know, it, it's there's some ingredient they're going to have to work on, find, or um, grow on their own. Now the trade deadline is over and the dust is settled. We know who teams are moving forward as we uh, go through the All-Star break. There'll be some free agents here and there that come up and sign places. But overall, we know who everyone is now. Who do you think is the favorite to win the championship? Well, I think the the favorite to, the favorites for me for the finals um, are the Boston Celtics in the East and the uh, Denver Nuggets in the West. I, I think Boston is probably a little bit uh, heavier favorite. Uh, if I look at those two teams, just because I think they really they, they have the depth, uh, they can match up against most of their opponents pretty well. Uh, they've got two star wings, you know, in their prime that are, you know, it's time for them to shoulder all the responsibility. Uh, they don't seem to have lost anything by uh, trading away Marcus Smart, and then they added a whole new facet to the game with uh, Porzingis. So I just think, you know, uh, with that, with Drew Holiday on board. Um, they picked up, you know, Xavier Tillman, not a big piece, but he certainly helps give Al Horford, you know, a blow here and there so he doesn't get run into the ground. Uh, Boston, to me, is my favorite overall. And then I just think I just respect what Denver does. Um, I think Bruce Brown uh, going elsewhere, uh, ding them, and that could hurt them in a playoff run. But um, you got you know, I feel like I, I have to respect Nikola Jokic, who might end up being an MVP all over again. Steve Ashburner walking you through the day of trades, of course, that were on the trade deadline. Very, very busy day for you, obviously. We appreciate you taking some time and coming on with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again, Steve. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Thanks, there you Steve. Go. There's Steve Ashburner.